Yo, 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 this is your host, Brent Lamar of the in and out Podcast. Man, I'm excited to be back. Currently, right now, I'm in my crib, Le Mans, France, to be exact. It's a beautiful day. It's nice and sunny, and I'm just enjoying this French culture. But however, last time on the pod, we had my brother, Trey Golden, and he was able to drop some knowledge and share more about his journey. So we appreciate you again, Trey, for joining the podcast. But this next episode is super special. One of the most talented hoopers I've ever met. My man played at the highest levels and played alongside with players like Giannis and Chris Middleton and many other talented players in the league. This was one of my favorite episodes to be a part of because it was super insightful and just very motivational. I want to welcome my guy, my dog, Johnny O'Brien, to the podcast. He's sleeping, Welcome. So know Let's get in. On. Let's get out. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Today, I'm joined with a special guest. Uh, I had the opportunity to meet him this summer. Uh, he's a good dude, great, great person, uh, but even, uh, you know, just a better basketball player. Um, you know, I'll tell him about our one. I'll let him tell you about our ones that we played. You know, <laughs> we competed uh, a lot. You know, we, we, we met him through a Mutual friend, uh, Ryan Rizuki and, and Justin Rizuki, the brothers, they do shout out to them. They do good work in San Diego, but um, I'm excited about this podcast. And I and I, I thank you, you know, uh, for joining this, man. Like I said, I think a lot of people can uh, benefit from just your journey and understanding your story, man. So without further ado, I want to welcome Johnny O'Brien. Appreciate you for joining the pod, man. So what's up, man? How you doing? How you feeling? Hey, man, I'm great, man, and uh, appreciate you having me, bro. And uh, just to touch on the ones, man, I yeah. would say funny story is that <laughs> so I, I normally go out to San Diego to work out with Ryan every summer, and yeah. um, I kind of use it as like a workout slash vacation with the fam. And so uh, his little brother Justin was like, hey, man, I got this guy I've been working with. He said you want to get in with you. So – you know, at first, honestly, I was like, is it a big, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, so we get to the gym and you was down there working, man. And we started the ones and you came out the gate blazing. I was like, God damn, like he on my, he on my ass, like, sure. and, uh, I had to like settle. Cause most of the time I don't really play. I don't really get a chance to play one-on-one with like elite guards. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that was, that was definitely different, man. But, uh, no, nah, that was fun. Sure. No, for sure, man. I definitely agree. Man. I, I told him cause he kept saying, man, Johnny, Johnny down in San Diego. So I'm like, man, like, look, we got to connect. You know, I like playing against sure. elite players. And, you know, like you said, you never play against guards. I really don't ever play ones against bigs, you know, and I'm on switches. You know, they switch a lot sure. in Europe, you know, so we got to definitely, you know, uh, work on that. So, man, but timing is everything. And, man, when I tell you, man, like I was like, this dude is incredibly skilled, man. So. Man, I just, it's just, I, I, I love watching you play, like, especially when, you know, we, we play the ones and when we play the open gym, 
uh, I, I wanted to give kudos, man, because you like one of the most talented bigs I've seen, you know, in general. So, but yeah, but um, we're going to touch upon that. But I first wanted to start off on like, just want to talk, talk to me about your journey. You know, you grew up in Mississippi, you know, how was that just growing up uh, in Mississippi and, and, and playing hoops and, and what kind of made you want to play basketball? Man, so I grew up in a, a little small town called Cleveland, Mississippi. Mm-hmm. Um, grew up in a trailer park and um, grew up in an area called the Mississippi Delta. And so Mississippi, at, you know, at this time, at this at this time was a lot of people don't know Mississippi is the poorest state in America. So I grew up in the poorest state in the poorest place in the poorest state. So um, I grew up in a trailer park. Uh, mom worked two jobs, and so. Um, Spent a lot of my time playing basketball with my older brothers, older cousins outside. Okay. And um, what kind of really made me fall in love with the game was Kobe. And uh, all my uncles and, you know, they were Laker fans, Shaq. They were mostly Shaq fans. Mm-hmm. But for me, um, you know, Shaq left. And then, you know, I stayed a Laker fan. So I, I just was all in on Kobe. And, um Man, and and just watching Kobe like that, that really inspired inspired me to play. And so, um, but early on, man, I wanted to play football. You know, that's kind of what we do down south. Yeah. Like, yeah. I wanted to, uh, I wanted to be like the next Randy Moss. Like that was my thing. So, yeah. um, and then uh, I started playing AAU, and then I started kind of rising in the ranks really fast. And um, shit, once that happened, I was like, man, if I ain't got to be outside in this hundred degree heat. Yeah, you know, I'm cool. So, um. Started playing AAU, started rising pretty fast and, uh, you know, started making a little name for myself. And what's crazy, man, like the Johnny O'Brien you see today is not, it's not, not like I was, man, I was way far from that. Like I, I was just a hustle guy yeah. talking like I didn't have much skill. Like, I, you know, when I, when I grew up, the Ryan Rizukis and the trainers were nowhere to be found um, early on. So um, I just hustled. I could jump. And so I just used that. And then um, when I started getting into high school, I started like learning different drills I would go work on and uh, develop a little nice little mid-range game, a little face-up game. And uh, that, that got me into LSU. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, man, we're going we gonna to touch upon all that. But <laughs> I want to go back, man. I, I'm a Laker fan myself, you know. Okay. So I, 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 messed, I messed that you, you loyal to the soil. You know, a lot of people were, you know, they when Shaq left, they doubted Kobe. And Kobe's reason why, one of the reasons why I play basketball, he's my favorite player of all time, sure. you know. Sure. So sure. I definitely understand that connection, man. And and growing up in Mississippi, man, like in the South, um, how was how was it just um, you know, you see a lot of competition in, in California, Texas, places like New York, man. How how was that for you? Um, just just finding the right competition and and kind of like navigating through the basketball scene in Mississippi to, you know, cause we play travel ball and stuff like that. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in LA. I can do that. But you in Mississippi, I don't know how much you can kind of have these big tournaments down there, you know? So how was that just, uh, like I said, growing up in Mississippi and navigating through as a kid playing basketball and finding good teams? Man. So it, it was tough when I first started. So when I got to my AAU team, um, you know, I had no idea what AAU was. And then when I got to my team in eighth grade, uh, I remember going to a tournament and coming back. And I remember telling my mom, I was like, I'm, I'm the worst player on the team. And uh, and I remember telling her, I was like, by the end of the summer, like, 
Um, that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So it's crazy. By I, I was the worst player on the team beginning the summer. Going into ninth grade, to begin ninth grade, I was the highest ranked player on the team hey. because I went when I went home. I was just working, man. I was like yeah. in the driveway trying to do whatever drills I saw other people do. And I was just working, man. And I was hustling. And I was grabbing rebounds and I was dunking. And so to end the summer in ninth grade, um, I kind of went back. You know, I started rising in the ranks, started getting invited to some Nike camps. And that's when I started to see how good these other guys were. You know, I saw like a young, in my class, it was like Bradley Bill and Austin mm -hmm. Rivers and Anthony Davis and uh, Quincy Miller. Um, yeah. Just guys that were like really, really skilled, tall, could shoot it. And so I knew then that like, if I want to get to where they are, I, I got some work to do. Yeah. So um, I started working with my AAU coach, man, as much as possible. And, uh, and kind of how I knew like, I had a chance was that, you know, I always say like the sign of a pro is like how fast someone gets better. Right. And you probably can attest to this, like, you know, you show like you show a pro some once and yeah. next week or two they got it. You yeah. know, they added it to their, their bag quick. So yeah. that was happening with me, man. Like I was getting better like really, really fast. And um that's when I knew I was like, okay, I might have a chance. So Yeah, no, I, I hear you, man. Like <clears throat> I for me, you know, I feel like just just navigating through through California and San Diego, man, I had to like you said, like you had to have that hunger to get better and you wanted to you know, like, like, see who who you can eat. You know what I'm saying? Like, you see all these sure. guys in our class, and you know, it's like the real ones make it when you understand that you got to compete and you got to want to get better every every week. You know, so I definitely mm -hmm. attest on that. Let me let me ask you just a quick question: Were you were you like always the biggest dude on your team? Like, were you were you that no. guy growing up? No. So in A, you know, man, we had wow two or three other guys that were like the same height. Yeah. Uh, high school for sure. Uh, high school, I was definitely the tallest. But hey, you know, um, we had other guys that were like my height or taller. So, um, and they were a lot better at the time. So, you know, like I said, I, I had a lot of work to do to try to yeah. catch up with them. So. Yeah, I wanna, I wanna, I wanna touch upon like what you said uh, a moment ago. You said, you know, you weren't this, you know, uh, you know Johnny O'Brien, just the the one that you see now. You were more of a hustle guy. You know, yeah. how did how did you in high school, how did you kind of transform yourself? You know, if people don't know, um, my man was a, a McDonald's All-American, you know, so shout out to him. That's a huge accomplishment, man. Yeah. So, you know, coming from that experience of being a hustle guy, we all know, you know, like we all understand basketball and the hustle guys and, you know, they're important. But, you know, you know, you need more to your game. How did you go from that? to like uh, McDonald's All-American, man, that's crazy. Yeah, so like I said, I, you know, going into ninth grade, man, I just started adding, I just started adding different like pieces to my game. And yeah. the one thing my AAU coach used to focus on was footwork um, and having great footwork. And so he would always teach me guard like footwork. And um, I was able to still use that to the day. And so when I started learning footwork, you know, I started working on my little mid-range jumper, my yeah. jump hooks. And yeah. so when I started to put it all together, I was I was kind of quick. I was explosive. I could hit you with an up and under. I could face yeah. up, hit a little mid-range jumper. Yeah. So I had a little nice little package in high school. And so 
once it all came together, I guess, you know, I was able to, you know, um, kill a couple guys on the way and, you know, become an All-American. Thanks, thanks. And, uh, you know, moving forward, man, I just want to, like, like say, like, man, that's 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 also a a huge accomplishment. So congratulations on that, man. You've accomplished so much in your career. Um, You know, moving forward, you you you're a high school All-American. Uh, and you, I, I know you had a lot of offers. What made you choose LSU? Man, so um, my so one or two of my best friends, even to this day, they were a year ahead of me, um, mm-hmm. and we played AAU together. But they graduated a year ahead, and so they they both went to LSU. And um, they who? They who? Okay. Uh, um. So. We like I said we play AU together and they both went to LSU, so I kind of I kind of knew I was like damn like that's an opportunity to hoop with my boys, um, and yeah. still like LSU's opportunity, they were still rebuilding. So yeah. you know after like the big baby Tyrus Thomas years, mm-hmm. Marcus Gordon, they were still rebuilding. So um, I was able to come right you know come come in from day one and play. So when I went on my visit, man, man, bro, when I tell you like. LSU football was crazy. Like they took me to a football game, and LSU football is like one of a kind. Like, yeah. So man, I I just fell in love, bro. And um, you know, like my boys were already there. I was gonna play, yeah. and it was only like two and a half from the crib. So I was like, yeah, this 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 where I gotta be. Where no, I, gotta I be. hear you. I hear you. I can. Hey, man, I had the opportunity to go to LSU <clears throat> uh, a few summers ago. I think it was like two, three summers ago. Um, and when I tell you, I, I walked around the campus, man, I said, man, mm. this school is OD. This school is Crazy. different, man. When I saw, you know, I knew it was different. When I saw, I walked over there, uh, kind of close to the football field, kind of close to the basketball court or mm-hmm. basketball arena. I see a live tiger in that Jones, like in, in a, in a, in a, um, in a, a case or whatever. And like kind of a, I guess a, a gate. And it's just like chilling. And I'm like, y'all really got a tiger at your school, the LSU Tigers. And it's like, y'all school is it's beautiful, bro. Like if anybody like has an opportunity to go check out LSU and Baton Rouge, man, like it's a it's an amazing school. I, I can only imagine, you know, um, just just your visit, man. Like how how was that whole experience? How was how was how was like just like what do they what do they do to get you to commit to LSU? Man, like I said, my 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 two of my best friends played a huge part in that, and then yeah. the football game and the atmosphere was ridiculous. Tell bro. me like, about it. Tell the support, me the support from the fans. So like, yeah. going to the football games, man, like the tailgating experience, like on the way to the game, is like that's one of the best parts because yeah. the, the campus is packed. Everybody's mm-hmm. eating crawfish. You can feel it. Uh, all, like fried alligator and just Ooh, gumbo. That's like, what you eating. Yeah, man. So it's crazy. Oh, so, <laughs> so I'm driving through. So we're on a we're on a cart. Yeah. We're on like a golf cart, and uh, we're driving through, and all the LSU fans are yelling like, "Come to LSU!" Yada yada yada. So, um, man, it, it was just for like a you know 17 year old kid from Mississippi, man. Yeah. It was like it was incredible, man. And um, the one thing I will say about being at LSU is like, man, you're around greatness because. LSU baseball is always top three. They got a lot of national championships. Track women's track and field, oh, men's track and field are like one of a kind. Yeah. Um, and then LSU football is like one of a kind. Yeah. And then, you know, so like you're 
your shit, like your your fellow athlete is like on their way to like greatness. You know what I'm saying? Like I like I was fortunate enough to to you know Tyron Matthew, Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry. Um, yeah. All these guys were like you know guys I knew you know and saw frequently. So like uh, you know like you just surrounded by other really great players that yeah. you know able to push each other. So it's pretty cool. No, I hear you, man. Iron Shippers, Iron, man. I can only imagine the atmosphere there, man. It's SEC. Sure. Speaking of the SEC, man, so you play college. You only play for three years, man. You, you killed. You feel me? Like, you killed. And uh, I know I know you're a two-time all-first-team SEC. That's, that's, that's huge, man. Talk to me just about playing college basketball and adjusting from high school. You know, um, you know, for me, I can speak upon myself a little bit just – my first year, I kind of sat behind, you know, first two years, kind of sat behind an All-American. Um, and Corey Hawkins, great player and everything like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, when you first get to college, you it's like an adjustment, you know. Things don't go your way. You think you're the man. You feel me? How was that for you? You know, you stepped in and you were already McDonald's All-American. You know, like you said, people say, come to my school, you know what I'm saying, at LSU, yeah. you know. So how was that? So crazy thing, bro, is like I was projected to be like one and done at the time, uh -huh. um, you know, by, by, by the, by the yeah. Internet people or whatever, by yeah. the media. And so um, my freshman year, I go in and like right at the start of my freshman year, like I think right, right as SEC play is about to start, I break my hand mm. and uh I fractured my hand, so I ended up missing like three months. And um, so, you know, the team is rolling. And this other freshman, nobody knows, nobody knows his name. Um, guy by the name Anthony Hickey. Mm. And uh, he comes in, man, he steals the show to my, nobody knows him. He, you know, he wasn't a, I think he was like a two or three star. And man, when I tell you, he comes right in and he, he gets, he gets all, he gets, uh, what was it, SEC freshman team um, uh, over me. And, uh, man, like, he he just stole the show. And so, for me, I had to really – so, I had to sit back and kind of work my way back into the system. Yeah. And uh, and then going into – you know, I, I got injured. And, uh, you know, I kind of had to watch Anthony Hickey steal the show. And uh, that's still my boy to this day, man. And that's that's one of the best guards I've ever seen. And yeah. – uh, and, uh, yeah, that was, that was just a wake-up call for me. No, I hear you, man. Like, we talked about Anthony Hickey. You know, I'm playing in Russia, and he's playing in Russia, too. We played against him, man. And I'm telling you, he's tough. He's tough. But, you know, you, you dealt with your, your adversity in, in, in college early on, you know, getting hurt and having to work your way back. Um, you know, talk to me kind of about, you know, your mindset, you know, from dealing with that adversity to prevailing, being, like I said, uh, first team all SEC, you know, you only played three years. We'll touch upon, you know, your NBA career, but how was that like mentally? What did you, what did you learn? And, and, and what can you tell kind of like another player, another hooper that dealt like deals with the adversity of working your way back and, you know, stuff like that. Man, I think, um, number one, you got to surround yourself with good, honest people. Yeah. I think a lot of times when you're young and you're talented, um, people want to tell you, you know, 
man, F everybody, F the process. Yeah. Um, you know, skip skip all the steps and just go try to get the big reward, right? Yeah. So for me, um, that that wasn't the case. I knew that I needed to work on my game and I needed to expand my game. So every summer, guys would go home, see their families. You know, I would stay at LSU. Mm-hmm. And I would still I would get with the strength and conditioning coach and I would get with my my basketball coaches and I, mean, I would work two two times a day, three times a day, just living in the gym. Yeah. Uh trying to get trying to get, you know, uh as better as possible. And so um my game really started expanding a little more. And um yeah, man, I I was just able to just work my way through it first, to be honest, yeah. and just put my nose yeah. down and, and just drive really. Yeah. So No, I, I agree, man. The best way. It's always to to go through, you know, not 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 try to go around and not avoid it, man. Because sure. at the end of the day, we all gonna face it one way or another. So um, yeah, uh, let's move move a little forward. Forward. So NBA, man, you had the opportunity, you balled out in college. You know, draft night comes, man. Um, you know, how was it? How was your draft night? You know, you were you had the fortunate you know blessing to be drafted. 36 pick um, with the Milwaukee Bucks, man. How was how was just that whole process and draft night for you? You know, thinking about all the, like you said, that adversity working through. How was that, man? So, man, draft the draft process was pretty dope because, um, man, I was tired because, uh, you know, I, I was slated to be like a late first round, early second round pick. So, I mean, I had to work out for top teams as well as the bottom teams. I did did 19, 20 workouts. Jeez. And, uh, man, I, I was on the road every day, different team pre-draft. And mm-hmm. for guys who don't know, I don't know what pre-draft's like now. Yeah. But back then, man, it was tough. It was yeah. tough. I remember, right. um, you know, you play a lot of three-on-three, you shoot a lot of shots, and then a lot of teams had this drill at the end called a three-minute run. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's three minutes of just up and down, man. And uh, yeah. it, it was crazy. Yeah, and yeah. um and so I, I I was able to work out in Detroit, fly home, and then watch the draft with my family and friends. Yeah. And um crazy story is um I'm sitting there, um, I guess some traction in the first round. Um nobody pulls the triggers. Early set beginning of the second round starts. Detroit calls my agent, it's like, hey, 38, redrafting Johnny. Um you know, welcome to the Pistons. So mm. I'm in tears. Like, I'm like, all right. So we just, so now we just waiting on the 38 pick. We just yeah. waiting. Like my family, me and my mom crying. Like we embrace. And then at 36, like Milwaukee drives me. Mm. <laughs> and uh, so it's commercial break. My name comes across the screen. Milwaukee Bucks select Johnny O'Brien. So I'm like, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm looking yeah. at my agent. And then his phone rings and like, you know, I'm a buck. So yeah. that's how it happened. Man, that's tough. That's tough. I mean, I, you know, kids dream of these moments and everything. How, how, sure. how, how was, how was just like hearing your name and, and then you know, the whole process of, of going to Milwaukee, you know, like, were you nervous? Were you anxious? Were you excited? Were you scared? Like what, what kind of emotions did you have when you actually had to like, man, this shit is real. Like I'm here. Man. When when I when I got drafted, man, obviously I was happy. Bliss. I tell anybody, yeah. man, I don't know. You know, I, I've experienced a couple of things in my life. Yeah. You know, uh, getting drafted, getting married, having a kid, and they all have a different feeling. And mm-hmm. I think that 
um, this is something like, man, you, you work your whole life for, you yeah. know, running around in the backyard, you know, watching Kobe, going through all the shit you go through. And that was one of the moments where like, you just, I mean, you just shared all the pressure because, you know, when you're a kid, you want to get to the NBA. Like, that's everybody's yep. ultimate goal. Like, right. Nobody, you know, in America, like, we don't wake up and say, man, I want to play overseas. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, we, we, we have to, I mean, that's where our journey takes us, right? But, like, you know, when you're little, you want to play in that league. And yeah. um, and so when I got there, man, when I, you know, I got drafted, man, it was just incredible, man, incredible moment. No, I can, I, I definitely hear you, man. And that's a blessing, man. It, 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 it makes me smile to hear that because I can, I can hear how, you know, just grateful you are, you know, for that opportunity and everything like that. How, how was it walking in? Giannis was already there at this time, man. Like, how was it just, just, just seeing players like Giannis, Middleton and, you know, like, I like all, all these NBA players, you know, how was it competing in training camp with these dudes? So, so here's where the here's where the Johnny O'Brien story really starts because my time in the NBA for me was probably one of my mentally worst. And mm-hmm. I say that because when I came in, man, um, like you said, Giannis was there, Jabari was there, Jabari, Jabari Parker was yeah. my draft. Like he was the he was the top pick in the draft. We drafted yeah. another guy, Damon Inglis. Um, I think he was the 31st pick, and I was 36. Yeah. And uh so coming in, the game was changing. So mm-hmm. the Warriors was kind of making the game. They were scratching the floor, right? Yeah. And at the time, I was a face-up mid-range big, right? That's what I did. I posted up. I had great footwork. I could face up. But I wasn't able to operate on the wing. Yeah. And so when I when I got to Milwaukee, um, I played mostly four. But at this time, Giannis wasn't a point forward. Yeah. He was more of a, you know, four man, right? Yeah. Like, um, Jabari was incredible, one of the best players I've shit like him up again. Um, Chris Middleton at the time, crazy. My rookie year, man, Chris Middleton used to get DMPs, like, mm. like didn't play. And um, and and that's a testament to him because man, I watched this dude like he works go from DMPs to 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 who he is yeah. now. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris Middleton wasn't supposed to be. Yeah. What he is. Like, nobody, yeah. nobody was nobody was checking for Chris, but like the guy worked his way into shit a Hall of Fame career, really. You know? Yeah. And um and the same for Giannis, man. Like, I tell anybody to this day, I know people always tell these these stories about Kobe and Michael Jordan and LeBron yeah. work at. Yeah. But with my own eyes, the hardest working human being I've ever seen in my life is yeah. Giannis by far. Like I've never seen anybody put that kind of time in the basketball. Yeah. Um, and I, I can't say I knew that he would be what he is now because yeah. he was a really, really skinny kid who had a long way to go. But I, I knew the way he was working. He, you know, he would have, he would have a long career. Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely hear you, man. You can see it. You know, I had, I had my uh, pre-job, I had a pre-job workout with Milwaukee too. And uh, this was 2017. Um, and uh, I remember, like, I saw, I saw Chris. I just want to talk about Chris. Like, I saw he was, he was there, like, like right when we got done, like, ready to work, you know? Only one there really ready to get shots up. So, I mean, I definitely hear what you say in terms of, like, how these dudes work, man. Like, this, 
Like, like if you really want something, you got to really work for it. And uh, so, but so, so, you know, you, you, you said that playing in the NBA, you know, it, it kind of was the worst time mentally. Can you talk to me about what kind of made it worse? Like one of the worst times, you know, as, as a kid, you know, you dream about being in a position NBA, but you know, mentally it was it's a struggle why why was that like what what was that struggle for you and man because it was the first time like i've always used basketball to kind of like hide myself i always use basketball to kind of get away yeah but this was the first time basketball wasn't going right for me so like imagine something that you normally use to get away from all the the bullshit and the troubles of the world yeah and now this is the this is the joint that's causing you the most stress. Yeah. So at this time, like I'm not really playing a lot. Yeah. And the guys in front of me are like franchise guys. So like okay. <laughs> so like I had to and and to kind of give you an example, like I, I was like I said, I was a I was a five, I was kind of a face up, face up four man, face up five man. So when I got to the league, uh everybody, everything was on the wing. Like yeah. if you was a four man, you had to shoot the three, you had to handle yeah. pick and roll, you had to, and I could not do that. Yeah, like yeah. you're talking about at that time, I like Giannis and Jabari was so great at it already, yeah. and I couldn't do it. Like I, I, I couldn't develop fast enough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? In order to do it, because you're talking about, you know, like you have to, at, like that's the highest level of basketball. So yeah. you have to take like my like my strength is facing up, being a dog on the block, mm. and I had to really go to, I had to figure out a way to be productive on the floor without having a ball. You know, yeah, without having a ball. And so another thing I tell guys too is like, sometimes when you're the man your whole life, it kind of it kind of ruins you a little bit. Mm. And I'll give you an example because I, I wasn't a pick and roll lot big. I didn't know how to weak side cut um because my whole life everybody just dumped the ball down to me and tell yeah. me go score yeah and so when i got to the nba and they like how you gonna impact the game at the highest level yeah man i didn't know how to set a screen hard roll i didn't know how to weak side cut so like i was just out there like damn yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm saying like <laughs> trying to figure it out and yeah. so for me for me like i said like i went through two years in Milwaukee and not really playing. Like I, I had some bright moments, man. Yeah. Like, you know, I, and like I said, I'm, I'm forever grateful to be able to play in the NBA. Yeah. And I had some bright moments and, um, you know, so, but it, it was definitely a wake up call for me. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, man. Like basketball is always an adjustment, you know, and, um, we're always learning. That's what people don't understand, man. Like it don't matter what age, man, even now, you know, I know I'm still kind of early in my career, but I'm still learning stuff, you know, just how to be a better sure. player, you know, sure. point guard, shooting guard, you know, like it's just, it's just an adjustment. You got to be able to adjust at the, uh, on the fly and stuff. So I definitely understand you. Uh, I want to talk to you also just mentally, you know, aside on the mental side, you know, what are those, what are some things that got you through, through those times? You know, even if you felt like you didn't, you know, perform your best, you know, we know that, it wasn't necessarily your skill, man. It's just, I feel like that situation like that is more, you know, like it's, it's, it's opportunity and like 
for just sure. The p- positioning, like yeah. sometimes you got to, yeah, fit. You got to be put in the right position, you know? So, sure. you know, uh, like talk to me mentally. How How is that struggle when you know, like mentally you're like, damn, like I'm better than this. You know, some days, sometimes I even deal with these <laughs> things like, man, I know what I can do. I know what I can do. I know how good I am, man. Like, but it's about position, you know, and like understanding like the, sometimes it might not be the right fit, but how do you kind of navigate through those, through those stuff? And how are you still doing it now? You know, because we still go through that. Man, so, so for me, bro, I, I, when I was in the league, man, my, my wife, um, she wasn't my wife at the time, my, my first two years, but she helped me get through because, you know, my wife don't watch any sports. Like she don't <laughs> care about sports at all. Yeah. So when I got home, you know, we weren't talking about sport. We were talking about life. Um, my mom, man, my mom is like one of the biggest supporters ever. You know, she would always tell me like, just keep pushing, just keep keep your head up, keep yeah. pushing. Um, I think, and then one of the things that helped me, man, and we're like, he doesn't work there anymore, but like um, Milwaukee had like a team um, psychiatrist. Um, yeah. And um Man, I would talk to him so much because, like, this is the first time Johnny O'Brien is like mentally has been mentally challenged. Like, my, my yeah. mental was shitty. Like, I'm talking yeah. like I was I was ready to shut down, bro. I'm like, yeah. I don't know what to do. So, like, I was talking to him every day, man. And he was helping me through it, and um, they would gain those guys' respect as you know, as a man. And I think like I still talk to Chris to this day. I talk to Giannis, like, you know. And so for me, man, that 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 always, you know, that's something I'm proud of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I hear you, bro. I I definitely hear you on that. And and I I think, like you said, like we 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 sometimes need uh, outlet. We need people to talk to. You know, I still talk to my mom, my dad, my wife. You know, that especially out here, man, that shit is crucial. You know, because you can get wrapped up so much in the basketball. You know, and I and I always try to kind of relate my show to life you know because it's bigger than basketball and you know this stuff like you can get wrapped up in whatever your job you know a certain uh circumstance is not going your way but it's so important that we always like express you know how we feel and and express you know like have some sort of outlet that we can rely on because man we sometimes are our own worst enemies so i definitely sure. you know, hear you on that man but um you know uh your time in the league uh, obviously you said that you, there were some moments you wish were better, but you still had opportunities to, to play. You know, I know you, you went to, uh, New York. I know you went to Charlotte. Um, so talk to me about kind of that whole being traded and everything like that. Uh, that process, uh, would just. So, so I got, uh, I, I've been waived. Uh, I've been waiting four times in my NBA career. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I, I feel like I'm talented as hell. <laughs> and hell so yeah. to, get, to give you, to give you, you know, hindsight. So after two years, I got waived by the Bucks. Mm-hmm. And so I went to the G League and was probably to this day, man, Coach Ty, Coach Ty Ellis, man, my G League coach. You know, I, I was coming from the league where I wasn't able to expand my game. Mm-hmm. And, when I was in Milwaukee, I, I never touched the G League. Like they just never felt yeah. like I was, you know, I should be in the G League, which yeah. is which is cool. But so I, I ended up spending like three months in the G League, um, 
got player of the month and, you know, won a bunch of honors. And um, I was able to expand my game. I was able to shoot three, handle, like, really get in my bag. And so um, I ended up getting called up. Well, actually, before the G League, I went to training camp with the Wizards. Yeah. Got cut, played well in preseason, got cut. Then I went to the G League. And then after the G League, I got called up to Denver. Um, Coach Mike Malone, the Nuggets. Um, played well there. Um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. I went back to the G for like one practice. Then I got called up to the Hornets. And um, <clears throat> funny story, man, when I was with the Hornets, uh, I was on a 10-day. Mm-hmm. And um, I wasn't playing. Me and another guy, I ain't going to say his name because the story is <laughs> crazy. So me and another guy, um, we're at the end of the bench. We're both on 10 days. We're on the last day of our 10 day. And we're in Phoenix. And this isn't the Phoenix Suns you see now dominating the league. This is like all G League guys and Devin Booker yeah. Phoenix. Like, so we're down 20, though. And Devin Booker's not even playing. Like, it's just all G League guys. We're down 20. And so the other guy that's on the 10 day with me, you got to know his personality, like really cool dude, but like he is who he is. And like, so he, you know, he's screaming, he's laughing, he's joking, Yeah. but he's sitting beside me. And so um, he's sitting beside me. So he's talking to me. So naturally it looks like we're both, you know, laughing and joking. Yeah. So the coach at the time, coach Clifford, man, he looks down, and he's furious. Like, I see him look. So I, I tap homie. I'm like, hey, bro, like, like shut up. <laughs> like, he's and, and he looked down again. He's still going. I'm like, oh, man, it's over with. Folks. Like, yeah. so I, I get in the locker room and uh, we get in the locker room after the game. Coach Clifford, like, Johnny, Johnny, and, uh, and, and such and such, man, you guys on a fucking 10 day. You're laughing and clowning. Like, what? Like, what? Like, just go, just go in on us, bro. Like, yeah. Like he don't even talk about the loss. Like, just go in yeah. on us. So um, I dropped my head. I'm like, nah, it's this can't, can't be like yeah. this. Yeah. So the next game was our last day on the tent that we had a back to back. We fly to Denver. And um I remember, bro, well, that game against Phoenix earlier, Frank Kaminsky hurt his shoulder. So he was he was out a couple weeks. Yeah. So they needed one big to rotate. So and we go, we go to Denver. And uh, Coach Cliff is like, I remember that toward the end of the first, he like, hey, Johnny, I'm, he, said, he said, John, I'm about to put you in for these three minutes. You know, just go out there, finish the quarter. You know, uh, just go out there, finish the quarter, yeah. uh, do what you can, you know. So yeah. I'm like, all right, but I go out there and the ball just started finding me. Like my first three shots are cash. Hey. Quick, quick, quick six points. Yeah. So Coach Cliff leave me in for the second. Same thing, like I'm getting to it. And I ended up making some big shots and we ended up winning. I think I had like 18 that game. And um, and so they ended up keeping me, they ended up signing me to another 10 day. And uh, I ended up playing really well, man. And um, <clears throat> I ended up turning my ankle on oh, my man. second 10 day. Yeah, yeah. So normally if a guy gets hurt on a second 10 day, they're probably gonna release you. Yeah, but Coach Clifford, man, to this day, so I thank him so much. Uh, he he begged the Hornets to keep me for the rest of the year, mm. and I never played another game for the rest of the year, bro. After my second ten day, and I wow. kept. And so I'm forever grateful for Coach Cliff for believing in me, man. And like it's crazy how 
NBA yeah, is just like that's that's love, bro. That's love, bro. Like, that's what well, hey, hey, you don't have to name names, whatever happened to old boy. Did did was he was he did he get waived or, or did so, he? So no, so he ended up he ended up um we both ended up making it to the to the to the end of the season. Nice, and so nice, nice. but we had to um in order to come back the next year, they wanted us both to go to summer league and prove ourselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we both end up going to summer league and then they end up um I guess they end up choosing me or whatever and uh to guarantee the contract. But uh but uh but yeah, man, it was just that that was, that was a big lesson for me, man. And uh, shout out to my boy too, man. He, he yeah, crazy, crazy. Shout out, shout out to him. <laughs> nah, let's call him anonymous. Let's call him anonymous. Shout <laughs> out to him. But man, that's that's crazy. That's that's love, you know. That 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 shows, you know, first of all, always be ready. You know, you, you always, always, bro. Always be ready. You never know when your number's gonna be called, man. And blessing. My, my vets used to say that to me yeah. all the time. Yeah. Like when I was a rookie, like, stay ready, young fella. And yeah. I'm like, man, I'm tired of hearing that shit. Yeah. Like, shit, that shit subconsciously stuck in your so head. It's so true, man. man. Always stay ready. Uh so so let's let's move kind of uh towards your European side, you know. So you you had a uh you had a, a good journey in, in in the league at this point and ups and downs, but overall good um so you your first uh experience overseas were with was with uh maccabi tel aviv how was that experience just playing in europe how was it just just being i mean israel man i had never played there or i never you know like been there but you know what i i've, I've heard israel is love you know so i heard man, more, yeah talk when to i got me. to maccabi tel aviv <clears throat> EuroLeague team too. EuroLeague. Um, yeah. I didn't know what to expect going to Europe, to be honest with you. Yeah. But um, you know, when I got to Maccabi, bro, like till to this till still to this day, Tel Aviv, Israel is the best place to play. I heard overseas. I heard it's it's not even close, bro. It's like Miami on and, track. Um, That's what I heard. It's like Miami, man. And and what's crazy, bro, is like when I got to Maccabi, it was an adjustment because I had no clue how to play in Europe at all. Like, I was jacking shots. I was taking bad shots. Um, again, again, you talk about, again, you talk about, and what's crazy is like they feature me like a lot. And yeah. so once I kind of found my rhythm in EuroLeague, I started producing, had some, had a couple big games. Um, um, we made a coach's change that really helped me. Um, but to this day, bro, Maccabi, really great organization really great people yeah. um and what's you know what's even more crazy is man i probably complained so much <laughs> when i was at Maccabi, like just being a kid fresh out the league like yeah. uh, and like making the transition the next year to russia i was like whoa like i had it great like what's wrong with you yeah. like <laughs> so it, it was really crazy man like tel aviv bro like yeah. special place in my heart like that place is uh yeah incredible man what can you say? What can you say, kind of about your Euroleague, uh, just just the style, you know, and uh, like the differences of playing Euroleague and actually, you know, you, you touched the the league before. What can you say, kind of the style, the differences? Um, Euroleague is much tougher, man. Like it's not like it's 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 it's, it's very organized. It's very structured. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have a lot of possession. Some games you see the score is 61 to 59. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. your lead score might be 11, 12 points a game. Yeah. Um, um, so like 
it's a very team-oriented game, man. Like, there there are some stars in EuroLeague. You have your Mike James, your Shane Larkins, you know, yeah. um, Anthony Randolph, guys like that. But, like, yeah. for the most part, man, you have to figure out a way, again, to be a to be a, a glorified system guy, I say. Like, how can you go get it in this system, you yeah. know? And um, because in EuroLeague, your backup is probably – I know Maccabi – you know, they Maccabi probably is so Maccabi normally gonna carry eight to nine American guys, like mm-hmm. a lot more than most teams. Yeah. In Euroleague. So like your backup probably gonna be an NBA guy or or another, Facts. you know what I'm saying? Or so you're gonna split time. You know, you're not playing 30 minutes a night. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So it, you know, like you gotta really be effective in your time. And Euroleague is such a smart league, you know. You, you really don't have a time for a lot of bad shots of jacking because, you know, if a team get a 10-point lead in EuroLeague, man, it's going to be tough to come back. Just yeah. inside the game is crushed. Yeah. You know, so. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so so I, I, I know, you know, we've been talking for a minute and we're about to kind of get towards the end, but I, I want to kind of ask you just about your mentality uh, in Europe and just how do you feel like your mentality has changed from playing in the league to playing now in terms of your growth as a man, you know, as a, as a hooper, talk to me about your mentality now, you know, man, I think my mentality now, man, is I'm grateful, bro. I think that um, yeah. I'm, I'm grateful to lace them up. You know, I've been able to make, you know, a lot of money playing basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm fortunate. You know, I have, I have three kids. My wife is pregnant with my fourth. So that's laces, man. Um, you know, the more the older I get, the more I realize like, you know, this thing winds down, you know, the thing is winding down quickly. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm still still young, but at the same time, it's you know, you don't have forever to play this game. And so yeah. I realized that every time I step on the floor, man, you gotta make the most of it and be grateful and understand that um you know, your journey is your journey. I think that, um, you know, I've, I've developed so much as a player, man, and, and as a person that, you know, for me, I just want to leave it all out there every time. And, yeah. and uh, you know, just, just do as much as you can, man. You know, because, yeah. you know, when I hear guys like you say, like, man, you, you want the best bigs I, <laughs> you know, I, I've seen. Like, for me, that, that's my reward, you yeah. know, like playing this thing. It's like, yeah. you know, your peers can say, like, hey, man, like, you're you're a hell of a player. So yeah. You know, if I can if I can leave leave it all out there and you know, see that from my peers, man, and feel like I've done a great job. So No, I hear you, bro. And uh, you know, I definitely feel like just just talking to you, you know, I I feel like you you at a place where, you know, you at peace, you know. You at peace with yourself, you at peace with just just your career, you at peace with just just everything, you know, it's bigger than basketball. And, you know, like you said, man, this shit don't last forever. You feel me? And, you know, at the end of the day, you, we kind of figure out wh- why we playing, you know, like you said, you got kids, you got, you got a wife and, and, you know, for me, I'm, I'm married. I have a wife and, you know, as you start to get older, you kind of think about the bigger picture, you know, we have all these goals in our life and I'm not saying we don't want them, but, you know, we got to really understand what, you know, what kind of life is about, you know, and, um, so I definitely understand what you said, you know, and you being at peace, man, it's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. I feel like, and that's why I really want to kind of interview you is because, and talk to you, because I feel like your journey, 
your story, man. You got so much to offer, especially the youth. You know, like I said, you 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 super talented. Like you've done it all. You, you know, you you've had your highs, you had some lows, but you made it through. Here you are, you know, and um, yeah, man. So, um, but now, man, uh, we gonna talk on some some lighter stuff. You know, we come okay. down to the to the nitty gritty or to the to the end of things. So, a uh, couple questions, man. What is what is your favorite country to uh, that you visited? And I, I'm assuming it's gonna be Israel, right? Is is that your favorite country? What's the favorite country you've been to? In the favorite country, like you played again, played uh, played in or whatever. Like, what's your favorite country in Europe? It's gonna one hundred percent be Israel, man. Of course, one hundred percent. I mean, honestly, bro. Like, it was just the first time, like, bro. I, I lived on the beach. Yeah. Um, everyone speaks English, mm-hmm. um, man. And, and honestly, bro, I, I met some really great people there. Like, man, yeah. people that you know, I would go have dinner at their houses. Yeah. You know. Um, they they shared their families with me, you know, had relationships with them and their kids. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It was just family. I, mean, I met family, man, and um, it, it it was the first place that felt like home for me, man. So I think for me, it would have to be Israel for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hear you, man. That's the same thing. Like I I, I told you, I ended. Uh, I had Eric on a couple of weeks ago, and. Uh, Man, he said Israel too, man. He said he loved Israel out there. So I, hey, I gotta, I gotta check it out one of these days. You know, uh, we'll see. We'll see. Hey, man, I, I tell hey, you Mac- what, Macau. What were you gonna say? If you go to Israel, I promise you, your wife probably won't let you play anywhere else, man. <laughs> uh, nah, family, families, it's just, it's just one of the best places. Like, like I said, for families, man, yeah. and, and it's so, like, it, it's just, this is really dope, bro. Yeah, so, no, I hear sure. you. I hear you. Uh, you know, uh, as in, in Europe, you know, there's a lot of hoopers and there's a lot of hoopers that we never think that, you know, that, that are good. And, you know, I feel like we, you know, a lot of people think Europe is like kind of a, a step down from the NBA, which I understand the talent wise is different and everything. But there's some hoopers that can go out here, man. No so my, my no question to you is. Has there been a hooper out there that 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 kind of bust your ass? That like you're like, man, this dude is this dude is nice. Like, it's been a nice. few. It's been a Who? few, man. Give me some names. Um, so the first time when I was at Maccabi, um, when I was at Maccabi, man, um, Shingalia. Mm, um, he's on Cheska. We so, played him uh, a few weeks ago. Yes. So um, he was at Basconia. Okay. And um. And I remember telling them, like, I, I was having such a good, like, streak of games in EuroLeague that, like, yeah. all my teammates like, man, he tough, he tough. And I'm like, man, I'm tough. Like, tough. I'm, I, like, I'm, I'm nice. Like, I'm killing yeah. right now. Like, he got to see me. Yeah. Man, first, he opened the game up, 10 points on my head. I got mm. two fouls. I'm talking like, man, he was just so smart, bro, the way he was cutting on me and tricking me and baiting yeah. me into stuff. Yeah. And I'm on the bench with two fouls. He got 10 points. He's carrying his team. You know, I was able to bounce back in the second half, have yeah. a, you know, 15 point half or whatever, 14 yeah. point half. But um um man, he was he was yeah, bro. He he was a wake up call. And I was like, "Oh my god." Like yeah. that was that, that was tough for me. Um any let's see anybody else, man. Um Man, I mean, you you run across a lot of cats that 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 you know, um, 
that get busy. Mostly for me, man, I've seen some incredible guards, bro. Yeah. Incredible guards, man. Like, yeah. like you obviously, you know, we talked about Eric McCullum. Yeah. Um, even like even yourself, man, I got to see you this summer. I was very impressed. Appreciate it. Appreciate um, it. Um, and then um <clears throat> I mean, I I've seen some incredible guards, bro. Like yeah. that just that just know how to play. Yeah, even European it. guards, man, that can pass. And, man, um, man. Hey, me let me ask you, what, what about you? Same man, question no, you. Hey, no one, No one ever asked me this question. Uh, <clears throat> so I would have to say, man, I tell everybody, man, one, one game where I was like, yo, this, this, this guy's different. He torched me. He torched us. You know, and I, and I pride myself on defense, but I say Vaseli Nishis from FS. Uh, the point guard, uh, the Serbian Mises. point. Yes, 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 yes. Boy, yes. when I tell you, he's like six. Yes, so he yes, stepped on the yes. floor, you know, uh, he looks like he's like 6'3", but he's like legit like 6'5", big. 6'6". Yeah, he's a big guard. My man was killing us, like hitting step backs, no look passes, dimes to the corner. Like that dude, and and, and obviously they, had, they have, you know, Shane. Shane's nice. We know we know American Hoopers, but European, when I yeah. tell you, you know, this man was killing us on all levels. I did not know what to do. Like, dudes was like, what, what do you do if you look you off and he throws it to the corner? You thought he was going that way. Which, what can you say? You know, so yeah. I would say I would say him. I say him probably the most like like the best European guard I played against, man, because that dude is tough, man. And no wonder he won. Uh, MVP. So I mean, that dude is tough. So uh, yeah, man. Uh, last last question. Last question. I want to ask you. Um, you know, Europe. There's a lot of crazy stories. You know, like you see derbies. You know, between Panathinaikos and uh, Olympiacos or FS Fenerbahce, whatever. You know, there's a lot of like just different rivals. Have you like, ever experienced any crazy like? Like like rival stories where or not even rival story, but just experience any crazy stories where you know somebody throwing stuff at you, you know, like even yeah, in Turkey. You know, so, we played in Turkey. Turkey, the fans is crazy, you know. Sure. So when I was in Israel, man, in Maccabi, it was my first time we played uh, uh -huh. the rival Apollo Tel Aviv, and uh, man, it was the first time like, cause you know in the NBA, you know it's. NBA is such a players league, man. Is, like you yeah. say something to LeBron, you say something to me, we we get you thrown out, right? Yeah, yeah. But over here, you know, I saw them spit on one. I saw them spit Ooh. on one of my guys, DeAndre Kane. Crowd like spit dripping down his neck. That's we like we send down, you know, we send down. Um, you hear people calling you monkeys and Ooh. you know talking about your family, yeah. and it's like. Like stuff that make you like want to turn around and go in the fight. crowd and say, yeah, yeah bro, I want to fight. So like, meanwhile, everybody's on the bench. Like, Johnny, you got to chill. Like, I'm like, but he just said something about my kids. Like, what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, it's, it's, uh, yeah, that, that was the first time, bro, that I really experienced that. And it was crazy, man. It was crazy. I hear you. I hear you, bro. Like. People don't know, man. They get active. They get active out here. The, the environment, the, everything's different. It's not like you can go up there and turn around and try to say, hey, who threw that? Who spit at me? Because For sure. It's one against sure. it's one against thousands. It's one against thousands. And you know, they they really, they really will be active. These fans, they treat it like like we see soccer. You know, they serious about their sports. So I definitely 
feel you on that. But man, uh, I appreciate you taking the time, man. Once again, it's been a pleasure. I know uh, my listeners, they're going to love this, man. Um, you you definitely, like I said, man, you definitely, uh, your journey is, is inspirational, man. It's inspiring to me, man, for me to keep pushing to get to, you know, higher levels like where you're at and and where, you, where you've been and stuff like that. And I know for, for you, your journey's not over, man, you know. Like your journey's not over. You, you, you're going to definitely command more, man, just your, who you are as a person, man. So I appreciate you once again for taking the time, man. This means a lot to me. No, I appreciate you for having me, bro. I, you know, I think it's dope that, uh, you know, more, more hoopers need to have these discussions, man, yeah. and, uh, especially yeah. overseas. Cause I think, you know, we all share as human beings, man, we all share the same journeys and emotions mm-hmm. and experiences. So now it's definitely dope. I hear you, bro. But all right, bro. That's 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 a wrap.